Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. This is the Eat Sleep Elite Repeat Podcast, your weekly AEW review and breakdown. Introducing first, the most electrifying host in all of professional wrestling podcast, Gnarly Charlie. Let's go, brother. And the other half of our hosting duo. They call me the Duke. They call me the Digital Phantom. I am the Duke of Derps, also known as Garrett. All right. So first of all, uh, welcome to the show, everybody. And welcome, uh, welcome. and, and uh, how are you doing this week, Charlie? I always I always think it's been a couple of weeks. We actually missed last week. So, yeah, dude. you know, yeah, doing good, man. Um, solid week of uh, AEW wrestling television. We've been spoiled recently, so it might feel a little Absolutely. weaker than some, but it is still a solid week at the end of the day. I believe we got some storylines advanced and in terms of just living as a human. It's been pretty good. That's what uh, I like to hear. The Green I, Bay I Packers agree with the storylines. Picking Ooh, up pack. that uh, massive W. I'm a Packers fan Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Rasul Douglas with the clutch play. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, that, was, that was very fun. How about yourself, Garrett? I've just been chilling. I've been doing a lot of streaming and stuff lately. I've been really on the grind. And, uh, you know, I got I got the big bet coming up in like two days. So Feeling the power. 40, about 48 hours, we might have $1,000. So um, That's what we but, like to fucking hear, baby. Um, anyway, um, but yeah, so just before we go ahead and move on to the actual show stuff, I just want to go ahead and take care of some uh, housekeeping stuff, whatever we want to call this stuff at the top. Um, one of the, well, since I just brought it up. I'll go ahead and just shout out my Twitch, personal Twitch show. You can go over on the Duke of Derps on uh, Twitch TV and you can search that up or you go to Twitch TV slash the Duke of Derps. You can find me there. But, and I stream like almost every day that uh, pretty much like four or five days out of the week. I try to stream. Um, Usually I, I fuck it up, but sometimes I'm there. Um, anyway, um, oh, yeah. get a whole assortment of stuff going. Absolutely. And then you can also find me on uh, Twitter at uh, Bane Duke. And you can find Charlie on Twitter at O'Charlie with an X instead of an A. Um, and as well, while we're talking about all the housekeeping stuff, make sure if you guys are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, make sure you go ahead and follow or subscribe to this show. And if you are feeling really froggy today, make sure you go ahead and leave us a five-star review. Five stars. Give it that Dave Meltzer approval. Um, all right. So Dave anyway, Meltzer so, approval. Absolutely. So as always, we're going to go ahead and start off with our favorite things in wrestling this week. Charlie, what do you got for me? All right. All right. So I believe we had some fun matches this week. No certified house bangers. But while this might not be the best match to ever happen in AEW, Garrett, I think this is one of my favorite. And as if you guys have been following the podcast now for a couple weeks, you know we have, I have this fascination, and I love the storyline right now that Dante Martin is currently in. And so we had Dante Martin versus Matt Seidel, the third, the, the third episode continues. It was awesome Absolutely. with Leo Rush there. Matt Seidel had previously won 2-0, and I was like, man, if Dante Martin picks up this win tonight, it was originally supposed to be a tag match, but I guess something happened with Matt's brother. Not sure if that's a shoot or if he's actually hurt. You know, yeah, I don't know, work. but no if idea. it is a shoot, then it's, it's yeah. calm down with the flips. Like, <laughs> yeah, if it's a shoot, hope you're all right there, brother. Um, but yes, so Dante Martin versus Matt Seidel on AEW Rampage this week. Yeah, there was this was just a lot of fun. At first, it kind of started off a little slower in the sense of, and they yeah. played it off on commentary that Dante was trying to gain control and he was trying to take a more methodical approach. And they kind of played like it off that. that Leo was teaching that. 
Yeah, yeah. It was almost like the little, like, the slowly... Because you never see that whenever you get the little things, in man. styles. I love it. And, and Leo definitely wrestles a slightly different cruiserweighty style, if you want to call it that. Yeah. You know, he was always more of the heel wrestler. So, um, he in had terms this, of uh, in-ring spot psychology. in the corner where he was trying to get out of a hold. And, like, he's, his legs are jumping to each thing. And then he eventually... Each, each rope, and he eventually gets out of it. It just shows little, off his athletic ability. The little hop off the bottom rope popped me i don't know why like where he did a little flip over him like the leapfrog over the uh, with the bottom rope assist. yeah yep that was a little weird but i was like you know i don't think that helped him at all but whatever you know but it, i think but he could have yeah. made that jump off his looks feet, cool you know? Like- <laughs> um you know this match was going the length when we went picture in picture which is always i just end up picking up my phone okay, when that small happens complaint side complaint really quickly <laughs> about rampage every all three matches had a freaking commercial in it I, I don't know about you guys at home or you, Garrett, but when it goes picture in picture, I, I immediately like grab my phone or I tune out. Yeah, yeah same. I, I, dude, I missed one of the bigger spots in this in the in the um this in this match. There was we're a pin a couple weeks ago in picture in picture. Oh, like, that was just horrible. That they, was you can't no. do that, guys. <laughs> you cannot. <laughs> I don't know you if can't end a match. Signing, but who was that? Was that like an? Um, I want to say it was a Lance Archer thing? match, but I'm not was sure. It, was it Archer? I can't remember. It was some? It was some guy that squashes people. And it just squashed him in the break, and it was like, why even have this match on the card then? Yeah, if you're just gonna not have it. But I mean, towards, technically, uh. yeah, exactly. Towards the end of this match, uh, Seidel hit Martin with one of those big running knees that he likes, and that kind of flipped the switch for Martin. Almost, he began like showing he he completely changes the motion. He hit the sunset flip. Go, you know. And all in all, I like it ended with Dante Martin winning. Too. With his uh, triangle, slingshot, moon, salt. That's a mouthful. <laughs> so, yeah, like, like double jump. Is that, what, uh, is that what Excalibur calls it or whatever? Like Something like that. You know, it reminds, <laughs> Andrade has been using something like this um, every time he wrestles, which we'll get into that. I, I love his character so much. He, he's, God, he has, does this thing that I'm just I'm in love with. But yeah, overall, I really like the progression of this storyline. I think... Dante Martin, we've said it before. I, I really think the sky's the limit for him in AEW. If if he was in NXT or WWE, I do not think the sky would be the same for him because he's a, he while he seems taller, he's very thin, right? And yes. the problem is we, we've seen it time and time. I mean, Jungle Boy would not be getting any respect over there right now. Like, whereas I don't know if the Jungle Boy character is going to be his main event character. Jack Perry will be a main eventer at some point. Absolutely. And I, I believe the same with Dante Martin. And I also liked on com- commentary did a great job. Commentary brought up, uh, you know, how, how does this make Darius feel? His, his brother that's out with a, with an injury. So Dante's brother mm-hmm. and <clears throat> excuse me. they, they kind of put it over. Like, you know, how does this make him feel? He's out now. He's working with Leo. How's, how's that going to make him feel? I, I would like to know how that makes him feel. And I know that AEW is going to bring that up. Dante got that head shake from Alistair, or from Malachi a couple weeks ago. Little things, man. I've rambled on long enough. What what did you think of this? Oh, one here? I, no, you know, I was just, I'm, I was just letting you go. Cause you had, so you had a lot of thoughts on that one. I, I, um, I, enjoy, I, I really enjoyed this match because it was like you said, they slowed it down to begin with. They changed the pace. They changed the psychology of how Martin was wrestling a little bit. And then they still hit that speed. They still hit that exciting level. Um, but I'll be honest with you. I'm surprised because Seidel spent most of the match selling, you know, which generally when a guy is going to pick up a big win like and this. He just had that match with CM Punk a couple weeks ago where he was yep. 
legit wrestling him. Yes, yeah. So that tell to what that is, it elevates Leo or Leo Rush. Well, it elevates Leo Rush, but it, it elevates uh, Dante Martin a little bit because you know even Punk was was struggling to beat Seidel, but now Martin has got this definitive win over him in a clean fashion. So it's like. Yeah, I, I, I really like where they're going with this. I'm really intrigued to see where they take the storyline, especially. Um, I don't know if there's like a timetable on his brother or anything like that, but um, whenever that countdown clock hits, that's an instant storyline. You can still always yeah. run it back with uh, Seidel if you want to start an actual feud. And I haven't seen Darius Martin wrestle feud. too much, but I so I guess in April of 2015, he went under, he underwent ACL surgery. Oh, so he's been out for that long? So I'm guessing that's usually about eight to 12 months before he's it, it all depends on how it's healing before he even is stepping in the ring so so he's probably been working his way back for a long time yeah um so when he comes back it'll probably be a big blow off um, yeah, who knows where dante will be by that i mean dante dante might be it might be he could be like tnt champion type, type yeah type he level. might be become, like found a different level which might actually be better for both of them if that's the case but you know um yeah just like in terms of their like, their overall careers but i don't know we'll have to see all right, well, that was that was a really was a really good match, and I I did like I like I like that finish, man. At first, I wasn't sure about it, but the double jump moonsault or whatever it is, like that. Yeah, and it's, it's like a cool move. it's like while it isn't the best match that we've seen in AEW, even in recent weeks, the storyline and the the care like how much we care about the characters involved, it it makes it one of my favorite that we've seen over recent weeks. I love how Leo is just instantly over with the crowd too, because and everyone I, knows who he is. Like they all know this is a dude that was just super underused. You know, like quick quick side point. I love how you know they're getting all these ex WWE guys right, and everyone's like, oh, they're just turning you know in former Impact. We've seen this. Every mm-hmm. single person that's come in has a different storyline going. None of them are alike. Leo's character is nothing is doing nothing like Andrade's or Malachi's or CM Punk, or Brian Daniels. All of them are doing different stuff. Does that make you see what I'm, you see what I'm saying with that? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I love, I, I love what they're doing with Leo. It's interesting because it's like, I think that was kind of their problem for a long time, Charlie, was that they couldn't really sustain multiple storylines, like outside of like three to four, because yeah. most of their main events the tied up together. They're finally starting to get more than one. Mm-hmm. And I think now... Um, adding new championships, adding new dynamics and new talent has created them the opportunity to have a lot of these side singles feuds and weird combo feuds, uh, storylines and such that they couldn't have really had before because they didn't really have the talent to sustain it, you know, and that's not a knock on anybody in AEW. I think there's just a lot of people that don't have the experience to do something that's going to hold people because, you know, they do a unique kind of wrestling. Yeah, There's five pay per views a year. You know, like built more depth of homegrown talent versus like twenty five well. or whatever. You know, like, um, yeah. I mean, it's like it's it's a whole different thing. All right, so we've that we that was a good amount of time we spent on that first segment. We usually don't spend that much time on an individual segment, but um, I I really enjoyed that match, and we'll probably spend um almost as much time, if not um more, talking about the match that was my favorite this week. Which was, um, see how I transitioned that smoothly there? But anyway, um, which was, uh, I really enjoyed the TNT Championship match. Um, the whole build around this match was like actually really nice for me because, like, I like how it's not just that this match was set up last week and that they're having it and that it's tied into the, excuse me, overall top team versus inner circle feud, right? Yeah. It's also. They literally built up like a miniature storyline between Ethan Page and Sammy Guevara. Um, I'm glad to let Page work, man. 
Dude, he's so good. He looks great. He's actually really good in the ring, which we found out in this match. Which I, I mean, people already knew that, but I hadn't really seen him wrestle a singles match, really. So I wasn't really sure. I was just like, okay, whatever. I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's good if he's tagged up with, with Scorpio, you know. Um, but I was really impressed with his in-ring work. But in the build-up to this match, they had him cut a promo on Sammy on um, Dark. And I enjoyed the hell out of the promo because... Uh, Sammy came out and said that you're going to have to like kill him in order to take the title off of him. So are you ready to kill? And Ethan Page came out and was like, are you kidding me? I've been ready to kill since I stepped foot in here. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> bring it. He was, he was basically like, I'm a killer and you're stepping in the ring with a killer. And that's what this match felt like to me. It felt like if you know, like going in, if you know that, like, I wish I had known that was the story they were building going in. Cause that's absolutely the way Ethan Page wrestled this match. He was just absolutely trying to destroy his opponent. And I think there's something to be said about it. I think in the small scale of building it over the course of a week in a convincing way that I was able to buy into, it shows a lot about what AEW can do in long-term storytelling. They just really haven't achieved that there yet, in my opinion. You know, um, It's yeah. hard to do. Even WWE struggles with long-term storytelling, right? Like, But when, when you pull it off, like they've seen, seemed to have done with Hangman and Kenny, it, it can be beautiful. Absolutely. So that's a perfect example. That goes back to literally when the promotion was launched, you know, yeah. like, um, but Had anyway, it. yeah. So what did you, what did you think of this match? I really enjoy everything that Sammy's doing right now. And I'm really, I'm, cu- I'm curious to see, I, I, part of me thinks though, this is not going to be that long of a title reign, unfortunately for him. Okay. But I, I just don't see them keeping it on him. Like, I know they don't do title changes that frequently, but I think this might be an exception because I don't think they view Sammy. I, I think if they view Sammy as that next guy, they're not going to keep this title on him for too long, you know? Okay. Okay. But like, I I mean, it's weird because the TNT title is supposed to be like, you're, it's, they try and pretend like it's like, you know, the mid card title, but it's also, it's, it's their version of the intercontinental title back in the day. Yeah. Right? Which it, was it's like, a mid card, but they really, that, they really don't treat it as such, right? That's what's kind of making it feel so different. Well, what I mean is that, like it's still everybody that wins it is probably going to go on into the main event title scene is the idea, right? So it's yeah. like, so it's like, that's why I compared it to like the Intercontinental title back in like, you know, like the Hogan and um, Randy Savage days, you know, like Randy Savage won the title, but he, like within a year he won the world title, you know? Um, Definitely. That's, that's not always the case. special right now. But it's like... I, I think, I don't know. I feel like maybe it's just my personal view. I mean, I just haven't, I, I, I feel like I've bought into Sammy Guevara. Like I'm, I'm there, you know, but like at the same time, I feel like I, part of me maybe doesn't fully buy him as the TNT champion, just because that champion defending all the time. And, and maybe he is one of those people that's going to win me over, over time. But like, it's, I don't have a problem with anything he's doing. Like I said, I'm enjoying all of it. I just, I don't know as the champion, okay, how long he'll last. Just because, like, I feel like there's other people that could benefit from the championship as well, and yeah. maybe won't. You know, because he's already. I don't know that he needs it, right? He's atta- he's attached to Jericho. He's and maybe this is to eventually elevate him from that and put him into that next stage of his career. Maybe, and, and that's what I mean. I don't know if you want to spend. I don't know if you need to keep him as champion with this belt for, for that long because. I don't know. What's the longest reign that somebody's had with it? I mean, you know, like. I can tell you right now, it was Darby Allen at 186 days and then Miro with second longest at 140. 
so they could do what they could do. And it wouldn't feel too long, even if it was starting to feel like he didn't need to be champion anymore. Or they wanted people wanted to move on, right? 182 days. It wouldn't be that long at all. You could do that, and he would be. You could have him break that record, even if you wanted to. Yep. And it still wouldn't feel like it, it, it had overstayed its welcome. It would still feel. Yeah, like I'm, it would I'm feel with like, you yeah, in, the, right. in the sense of that. I I did I did like this match. I've I've been really liking Ethan Page. I would not mind it if they would have. I, I don't think they would have jumped the belt here, but I wouldn't have hated it. And I think that's the the. No, the I, I don't know that I would have hated it, but I, I don't think I don't think I thought he was winning either. But I thought um, we could get some really close looking finishes out of. Had this they because, have pulled the shock there, I I would have yeah. been like, you know what, this Ethan Page character, his all ego, if you will, you know that mm-hmm. they keep saying he this could. Fuel that he ego could, that could skyrocket level. a guy like that 100. He could come out and defend that thing every week against like mid to like high like to, to mid to mid level talent, you know. And then like yeah, we could hate him for it, but then also be like, but you know, he's the champion, so I guess. But he'd also at the same time be elevated, get a bunch of people off a of dark, probably too. You know what I mean? Like so, it'd be it'd be a really fun couple of weeks or months or however long, you know. That's the and weird thing about the this, title. Uh, it's hard to gauge how long someone's going to be champion for. Because if they do that, if they pull that trigger, he might be champion for a year. You know, like... Yeah. Um, um, because it's like, if it works... You know? I kind of wish that they had... Uh, I'm, what am, I'm trying to... What am I trying to say here? I wish that they had done this a, a little differently in the sense of, at the end, just kind of shoehorning, shoehorning Jericho out there and... I don't know. The Jericho thing, I feel like it didn't need to happen. That's I love the image of him standing over Sammy behind him as, as the match ended. It looked kind of scary. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I, I understand like so this is the setup there. Street fight. Um, a 10-man tag. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't think we know who America Top Team is yet. No, we'll, I think we find out this next week on Dynamite. You know, it's not going to be Kayla Harrison. My God. She did not have some pleasant comments about her time in AEW the past couple weeks, but... Move, we'll move on from that. Um, I, right. I did like to finish a little bit. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, yeah, I like the finish. And Ethan Page, man, Sammy Guevara, I'm I, I'm with you with Sammy. I'm bought into him. I don't know if the title is going to elevate him or he's going to elevate that title. I can tell you who I would like to see that title on, and that is uh, Mr. Pac, but we'll get into that. I really like what they're doing with him. All right. Nah. Freshly squeezed. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> so, TNT champion that never defends. Um, what are you thinking? We'll hit uh, we'll hit dark results and then jump into dynamite. Because I know you got absolutely. a couple thoughts on dark this week. Yeah, there's some good stuff on dark and dark elevation this week. Yeah. So uh, our October 25th edition of Dark Elevation, our first match, we had Layla Hirsch and Ryu Muzanami. I might be butchering that versus Diamante and Extina K. Now, Layla Hirsch and her partner ended up winning this, mm-hmm. but you were kind of saying Diamante, uh, Diamante stuck out to you a little bit in her partner? Yeah, so her and Xtina K both. Um, and actually, I'm going to give a shout out to the other others as well. I wasn't as into Izanami or whatever her name is. Um, but legit Layla Hirsch. Izanami, whatever her name is. Legit Layla Hirsch, we actually saw on an episode of Dynamite, I think, right? Yeah, uh, facing Jade, and I thought she had a pretty good yeah. match. Yeah. And that was she gave Jade a competitive match. Probably my favorite Jade match to to this date 
is yeah, uh, I think I think I agree. it's mostly been squashes. So and that wasn't really a squash squash. Like Layla got some offense in, in that match, and it could have. I don't think anyone thought Jake was losing, but um, you know, I think it, there was some moments where it was like, oh, okay, this person's getting some offense, and they're clearly going to push this person. Um, I was super impressed with everybody in this match, and for a dark match, this was actually pretty good, honestly. Um, it looks like we had some good wrestlers and good wrestling on dark this week. Absolutely. Elevation itself, like specifically, um, I was like, there was some fun stuff, um, but there was also some really, actually really solid wrestling on both shows. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Keep, keep, keep uh, and then we up. had FTR pick up a victory. And then we had Emi Sakura with Lulu get pencil. <laughs> Lulu pencil, the goat. Uh, Emi Sakura picks up that win. Our boy, I like that match too, by the way. Our boy press 10 with the dub over QT Marshall. I like that. I'm sorry. I hate his finish. I'm sorry. Hey, you know. I like Preston. I, I, I normally don't, don't like that finish either, but I don't know why, but I kind of like it on the Joker mask. I, I, I'm with you, though. Not my favorite finisher. It, it's fine when and he does it in the mask. But Paul White jobbing out three more people to a handicap. Moving on. I loved it. I don't care. He was just throwing bodies around. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I just feel like, I don't know, what the hell's the end game against Gun Club, I guess, at full gear, maybe? Is that the end game with it, that? Well, who would, it, would it just be like, well, yeah, one on three, and then, wait, who wins that, though? Did the Gun it's, Club beat it? It's got to be the Gun Club. They're undefeated still, so I doubt they're going to have them lose a handicap. I would hope True. not. And then, uh, Dark, all right, we got Bobby Fish, <laughs> I was going to say Bobby fucking Fish, but I couldn't do anything. <laughs> All right, and then Riho versus Xtina K. Riho picking up the victory. That's where I noticed Xtina K again. I was like, wait, oh, you're on both shows. Okay, I'll pay attention. And Eddie I was, Kingston I, versus our, I would say one of our boys. I feel like we can root for Jack Evans. He's a loser, but, uh, and he lost us, of course. Jack Evans with his uh, shaved head. I would say, no, no hair. He'd sold the no hair. <laughs> Dante Martin picking up a dub against JDX. I believe JDX has worked a couple times now recently. Yeah, I actually like this match. Was Tiger it, Ruas picking up a victory. I'm sure we'll see much more of him going forward. I don't, that was a really sudden win. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it looks like just the, he hit a spinning kick, and that's it. Uh, I liked it. Diamante picking up another victory over Sky Moore. Uh, Diamante. Can I just say, we saw like every kind of victory this week. We saw like a straight knockout. I mean, yeah. it's still it still was a pin, I think, but it was like a knockout, you know. Um, I'd like to see somebody just get straight knocked out and the ref call the bell. I think that's something we need to see at some point. <laughs> I you know what probably I mean? Malachi if we, yeah. Oh my god, he hits the what is it called? It's not the black mask, but it's like the <sighs> yeah, I forget it now. Something else, but like his, we'll call it the black mask because everyone knows what we mean. He hits the like the roundhouse kick thing that is his finish, and it just immediately the bell is called for. Oh my goodness! I would, I would pop. Send it. We had our um, boy press ten Vance with Brody Lee Jr. Shout out negative one picking up another mm-hmm. victory. Just eventually, I did press like how them. they showed the him picking up his two victories on Dynamite. Yeah, it's like he it's like he gets what he earns his way into too the, fast. It's, it's weird because it's a tournament, but he's still yeah. you know picking up momentum. <laughs> we got the de- the the debut of too fast too fuego. Against Dean Alexander uh, and Kid Bandit, and they pick up the victory. I don't again. I don't know what this? the end game with that is. I think it's they're just going to run it at Universal for the hell of it. I think. Yeah, that's, I mean, why not? I mean, it's a fun. 
I feel like this could be a fun team for people on Dark to face. Exactly. You know I mean? it, it, it's yeah, it's a fun little gimmick that they'll run with. And I then know, our, and they might get on TV in the same way that the Lucha Dragons and Lucha House Party got on TV or the Lucha Dragons. Sorry, the Lucha. Wait, were they called the Lucha Dragons? What were they called before? The uh, I think it was Lucha Dragons. The anyway, the original Kalisto and Sin Cara team, whatever that was called. Um, but the Lucha House Party, like how they both got on TV, even though they weren't really. If Kalisto's still working. I, I, bet, I bet he is. He's I, still I, I always like Kalisto. He's he was good enough in the ring that he could work with most. Like, if you give him, like, a um, anybody talented, honestly, in MLW or AAA, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and then we, in our main event, in our ninth match, we had Brian Danielson versus Aaron Solo. And Brian Danielson picks up his victory verse with submission. Um, yeah. Brian <laughs> is truly wrestling anywhere and fucking everywhere. Hey, it's like he's like I want to wrestle on every show that you have. I just love it, man. I love. You'll have a match on the pay per view. It's not even a question whether he's in the main event or not. Or we're not in the main event. I guess no one's winning it for that. But like, even if he's not like in like a main, because you presume whoever wins the tournament will probably have a match on the pay per view. Um, yeah, probably. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Um, but we pretty much just have one kind of major news story we're going to touch on this week. And that is yeah. Ring of Honor, Garrett, is releasing everyone from their contracts after Final Battle this year. Um, so they're open to sign anywhere right now. They're open to get mm-hmm. bookings. I'm seeing people getting booked in GCW, getting booked Jay elsewhere. Lethal will show up on AWTV in the next three weeks. Yeah, um, it sounds like some people are still sticking with uh, New Japan when they had that uh, kind of promotion there. I guess he could show up there too, but that's harder to pull off right now because of a uh, travel or whatever, but it's mainly that new Japan strong. So, Oh yeah. You could definitely work. Like plenty US of guys Japan are still stuff. sticking with that. It looks Gosh, like be so much talent from the U S in that right now, but yeah, like, that is just I think wants we're going to in Japan, but can't influx like, of people going to, whether it's AEW or impact or yeah, like we said, Japan stronger GCW. Yeah. So either before way, we speculate on a couple of names that could be fun. Um, the the questions I see going around here: how, how did this happen? Ring of Honor had that Madison Square Garden show in 2019, and everyone kind of it felt like there was a consensus of agreement. This is the beginning of the end, but people didn't want to believe it at the time that they, they were getting ready to blame AEW for it. They were getting ready to blame all this other stuff, but the way that they booked that show. And how it just fell apart. That seems to be the 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 I want to say pinnacle, but I don't know if that's the right word. It seems to be the pinnacle of when you <laughs> kind of pin, pinpoint to when all of this kind of started really flowing down. I've seen plenty of conversations where it looks like that's you know they're they they are pointing to that. We also have COVID. COVID destroyed Ring of Honor. I mean it it beat the shit out of Ring of Honor. But Ring of Honor did the right thing. They paid all their talent. They didn't fire any of them. They paid everyone. Everyone was still making their money. And then the other thing we have to think about um, is just kind of how mismanaging. I mean, that kind of falls under under the idea of the booking, the philosophies that they're running with. You know, should they have burned that bridge so bad with the AEW talent that they did? Should they have not wanted to work with AEW when they were so hell bent against working with AEW. So there's a couple things, you know, 
So I want to I want to pose a couple of these questions off to you that we were just kind of talking about. Yeah. Do you think COVID and just how they couldn't really get any fans until even I think now they really haven't had any fans at all and just the loss of profits and they're not on TV. You know, I, I think it's more than one thing. Is that fair to say? I think, yeah, I think that's, I think it's hard to say like what definitively, I think it's easy to say COVID definitively killed it, right? Because that's probably what did the kill shot. Yeah, your final nail you from, from the outside looking in, someone that's watched variously, at various points sporadically Ring of Honor, I will tell you the thing that killed Ring of Honor was probably their lack of ambition. Yeah. Um, and, and, and people at Ring of Honor will probably disagree with me like, no, we wanted to go for bigger things. We just couldn't get the people in the back to do it. Okay. But it really feels like after that Madison Square Garden show, they just completely stopped caring. I don't even think it's that. I think everybody in that fucking locker room cares about it. I think it's just that. The, uh, yeah, I, I'm I saying like management, if you will. Sorry. Even then, I'm, I think even management cares a little bit about wrestling. I don't think they're just business people purely. Otherwise, why would they keep? I mean, if we're talking about successful wrestling companies, Ring of Honor is up there. It's definitely above every other independent that exists, right? But. Definitely was, yeah. You know, because it was its own company, but it's like it it slowly slipped over the years to being... I, honestly, I started viewing them on the same level as Impact for a long time in terms of like their level of exposure and, and Impact had more eyes. So what does that even say? You know, like... Oh, yeah, I would say Impact definitely even, even now has... Ring of Honor, I, I would say GCW has been garnering more attention in the past year than ring of honor. And that's sad to say, because at one point ring of honor had some of the, if not the best talent in the world, not that they don't still, but I'm saying like they had like the, some of the premier workers in the world, Samoa yeah, Joe, AJ Styles, Brian Daniels, and CM Punk. To. Yeah. Um, and as recently they had Adam Cole, you know, like, Oh yeah. The Adam Cole, the bullet club era. I mean, it was ring of was honor. Adam was Page there also at one point. Yep. Adam page was there. Man, think, I mean, and you were, you brought up their relationship with AEW. Would that have saved them? One, no, it's not saving impact. Um, <laughs> it, it doesn't raise impact at all. I can tell you right yeah. now. I, I, AEW agree, stars I, just, I agree impact. that it, it wouldn't have saved them. Um, would it have helped them to stay afloat? Would, would Tony Khan have been interested in saving them? I'm going to say no. Um, from the Tony Khan perspective, would that have kept them alive? Maybe. I have no idea. Uh, it's hard to say. Letting but their talent show up there. Yeah, it wasn't them that burned the bridge. Uh, and, and, and AEW fans may dislike me saying this. AEW absolutely did the same thing to them that they just recently did to WWE, which is a bunch of talent got released or contracts came up and they signed them out from underneath them. Um, and that's the wrestling business. But it's to, just, if you yeah. expect Ring of Honor to not have some kind of hard feelings about that, it's just a little. And if and if again, you're a wrestler, wrestling, you know you're going to get that but, guaranteed contract and all this. You would ha- you have to. And if you're thinking about this from the perspective of the wrestler, there's no reason not to sign with AEW if you're going to get on TV potentially, which you're not going to get at Ring of Honor right now. You're going to get paid more, and you're probably going to get taken care of medically, which I don't know if Ring of Honor does. You know. Yeah, who knows? Like, I mean, yeah. So, um, I 
for me, what killed Ring of Honor was the same thing that has killed a lot of other wrestling companies, which is they just, I think they didn't think, I, I, maybe they, I, I'm going to take back what I said earlier. They, they, it's not ambition. I think clearly Ring of Honor wanted to grow, right? But I, w- I would agree with that. But it definitely, it felt like in 2019, that, just, that, that stopped. So nothing, somebody somewhere along the lines gave up, I feel like, and said, you know okay. what, there's no chance of us recovering this at any point. And now we have to just try and see what we can get. How, how, what, what part of, I think, honestly, you want me to, you want me to say it, dude? AEW killed Ring of Honor. It's possible. Because if there had never been an AEW, Ring of Honor could have existed in the same place it had the last twenty years, which is third best promotion. You know, I th- I would I would take what you said and I would say eight Ring of Honor didn't know how to exist with AEW existing. Okay, that's a better way to put in it. In the sense of I wouldn't say AEW killed it because although they definitely shrunk the talent pool for Ring of Honor, a hundred percent, and Ring of Honor did not know how to recover from that, and that that again I think goes to ambition and. You know, we could say failed management, and then I think with but with but, COVID, but we can't even say that because they made the remember at first the New Japan and and AEW was a question mark because they made a deal with Ring of Honor again. Remember? Yep. So Ring of Honor was still trying even after AEW came and took all of their talent to get. Well, more that was talent just a contract in. that was still. No, no, no. Lasting. I mean that there was there was discussions. I remember right after that of whether or not AEW was going to be able to work with Japanese talent. You know. Because, or we're not just Japanese talent, but Japanese talent from uh, New Japan because they still had the standing deal with Ring of Honor at the time. And I think he just let it expire. Um, But there were still dates that were on that thing at the time. And there was Ring of Honor New Japan shows after that, I think. Like, um, maybe not. Someone can fact check me on that. But, you know, I'm pretty sure there were New Japan Ring of Honor shows, like, as AEW was a thing. So, um, yeah, and, and bad booking has to play a part in this honestly you know let me let here's what here's, here's what we're gonna do because this this will tell us a lot let's just look at the ring of honor champion over the last few years because and, it's not been crazy but it's been like there have been um Sorry, I need to pull no, up. No, you're good. Um, no, I but, need to pull um, up the, uh, the wiki, and I pulled up, like, the Ring of Water website. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, you go back, and, like, let's just look at the first five champions, okay? The first five original champions. Low-key, um, Xavier. Wait, who's this person? Why do I remember this person? Anyway, Xavier, okay? I'm sure he's known, and I'm just dumb. Um, but, anyway, so we have Low-key, Xavier, Samoa Joe, Austin Aries, and CM Punk. That's your first five champions. Yep. Okay. That's pretty solid company to be in. You know, number seven is Brian Danielson. Number eight, Homicide. Number 10, Nigel McGuinness. Okay. So let's just go. So we, <laughs> okay, this doesn't have, um, so Bandito, Roosh, PCO, Roosh, Matt Taven, Jay Lethal, Dalton Castle, and Cody. So that's the most recent champions. Matt Taven wants the one that won it at that uh, that show in Madison Square Garden. This is uh, this do what? At Madison Square Garden, it was Matt Taven that won the title. So that's kind oh, of oh yeah, uh, yeah yeah yeah. 
a lot. Yeah, I mean, so I remember when Lethal was like champion for like almost a, a, yep, a great champion. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. That's the last really fantastic champion I can remember them having. I thought Roosh hasn't been good, but. Oh, it's just bad booking during the title reigns, really. Gosh, Roosh's title reign was 498 days. That's uh, uh, kind of the coat. You got to take into a factor COVID because they didn't run for a long time. That's true, but I, they could have. I mean, uh, yeah, that's Ring of that's Honor didn't tough. run for a while. He's like the longest reigning champion in Ring of Honor history. I think. <laughs> no, that's not true. Yeah, Sorry, Roosh, Nigel McGuinness had for 500 days. We're not. We're not. Oh my, Roosh almost broke Nigel McGuinness's like uh, almost became number two. Roosh is the third longest reigning Ring of Honor champion. Oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> that's insane. Um, so um, I, this kind of brings you to my next point of a couple things I want to hypothetically speak about now that ROH's talent is theoretically all free agents now. Well, not even theoretically. They are all free agents. Yeah. Um, question number one, the ROH library. Some news outlets have reported that they're interested in selling it. Some new news outlets have reported that AEW is interested in buying it. Yeah, I mean, I can't see why AEW wouldn't buy it because a lot how of their talent started there. You know what I mean? Like, or at least how got their big first of a get would this be for AEW if they got the um, ROH be library? You. I'm gonna be honest with the you. The history it'd be, there. It'd be a good get. It'd be a bigger deal if WWE were to buy it out from under them. Agreed, but they would. I believe ROH also has the uh, All In, so they could also get that show back. That would be cool, yeah, because it was an ROH. I think one of the big if they got the ROH library and kind of established it that this is a pre. You know, the problem is they don't have a streaming service, man. Hey, put it on YouTube. I mean, they you know. No, you can't put the entire library on YouTube. But no. They can put bits and pieces. Look, I mean, they yeah, oh yeah, look, they can make this work. Matches, but like, I don't know, man. Like, you gotta, you gotta work out if if. And this is the thing that makes me worried that someone will just buy it. You know what I mean? That another company, it, like, WWE. You know, I mean, wouldn't that be something? Impact doesn't have the money, but um, remember, we thought for a long time WWE might buy the Impact library when Impact was looking to sell a couple years back. You remember? Well, Impact you remember it makes that? more sense because so much WWE talent is gone there, you know. But like. For me, that's the same thing with AEW and Ring of Honor. Like, there's so much history of Ring of Honor talent that was that's current AEW talent. You know, like, oh, oh yeah. my gosh, could you imagine the Adam Page collection co- with combined stuff with AEW and Ring of Honor? Oh my goodness, like, and I mean, even Adam Cole stuff now. Dude, imagine if we could ever get like a triple combined network where we could actually see Adam Cole's full career. That'd be pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I think we should hypothetically uh, talk about. What if Adam Cole is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time and WWE is literally a footnote in his career? That would be nuts. Just four years, Undisputed Era. That's it. That's all we know him for. And it's still a great time in his career and nobody denies that. But everyone's like, yeah, but that's when his career really took off. You know? He Oof. went on to AEW and became the Adam Cole we know today. You know? Bay Stuff bay. like that. Um, ROH yeah. guys on the roster – that we would like to see in AEW. <coughs> Dalton Castle. <clears throat> Dalton Castle. Beautiful gimmick. <laughs> and to me, one name sticks out more than any. And the joke I used to say when we did our Raw Deal podcast was, the day Ricochet left the Indies, Bandito filled that spot. In the sense of, to me, Bandito immediately became the most exciting wrestler that was on the Indies. The day Ricochet left. He went to. He started going to PWG, lighting mm-hmm. up, stealing every single show. 
Bandito became the most pushed wrestler in PWG eventually. Then he goes to Ring of Honor. He's their current world champion. And he is just... Bandito, to me, will be a megastar. And I think now that he will no longer be under this ROH contract, the potential is limitless. AEW needs to sign Bandito. They need to get him. I agree. That'd be a great signing. Do you think he will be the last champion or do you think they will crown one more? I think because there's two shows left, right? So they could do it on either of those shows and it would make sense. I could see it final battle. He could still end his champion if you just had him win it back. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could see a final battle. One of three champions. Either they keep it on Bandito. Mm -hmm. They put it on Jonathan Gresham and have it retire with him. That would be cool. Or they put it on Jay Lethal. Oh, Jay Lethal has like a you were the one guy. Again, that stuck again, with us. they they keep has a little bit of respect to Jay Lethal to be like you're the one guy that stuck with us all these years. Yep, and I think, I would love that actually. That'd be a great. I think that'd be a great that way could be the the, the storyline that they go. However, they they seem pretty confident. This isn't the end of ROH. They're just going to completely revisit how they. They're going to do some kind of send off just in case. And how I imagine what they're going to do is they're going to do what GCW does. They're just going to sign. They're they're not going to sign people to contracts. They're going to just book people per show. That- Ring of Honor proper is dead, though, 100%. Yes, the, the weekly television show, all that, no, they had, it's gone. But, but they cool could take the GCW route and just sign people per show, put on pay-per-view events. People yep. buy GCW. They love it. Matt Cardona, yeah. John Moxley, Nick Gage, you name it. It's it's all over in GCW. Mm-hmm. So it, there, there is a crowd there, and I, maybe that's what ROH does, and maybe that's how the next phase of them still being successful in the wrestling industry is. But yeah, I could see them having people that aren't like signed, but I, you know, Jay Lethal will always go back and exactly people. Um, I'm looking at some people right now. Do like Flip Gordon be great? Flip, Flip Gordon's got that storyline with the Young Bucks. I mean, be phenomenal. Uh, Dragon Lee, Dragon Lee, awesome fantastic. Signing. I didn't even realize EC3 was on Ring of Honor's roster, but it'd be cool to see him in a main event scene, like main event company again, you know? I could um, definitely see EC3 going to It'd kind of be hard to pull off EC3 on the same show as MJF, though. Unless yeah. he just does something completely different, which he could totally do. They're um, women's champion. Right now, he's actually doing something completely different, so you could pull that off. Uh, uh, Ring of Honor's women's champion, Roxy, is 19 years old. I've seen a lot about her, so... The, I would love if AEW got their hands on her. And again, with... So, NXT... Hey, local hero Joe Henry's there? Hey. I would love to see Joe Henry end up in... Uh, he's a... He's a... Uh, um, WCPW guy. Oh, nice, nice. If anyone remembers that. I think... So, if, with NXT seemingly being out of the picture for signing all these wrestlers, that opens up so much for AEW. I yeah, think. that's the funny thing is I don't think anybody is going not to WWE. sign anybody like this anymore. Watch, watch that all change, and you know they're they're bringing in. They, they could spring for like a Matt Taven. I could see them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I could see, or maybe not him specifically, but somebody like that level. You know what I mean? I could. See I mean, them. if NXT could get their hands on Jay Lethal, that that would be perfect for what they're trying to do there. It's so funny. How I think now we're due for. There. I see a lot of people talking about dream matches out of this. We'll move on to. Uh, we'll move on in a second, but. Um, Jonathan Gresham versus Brian Danielson is a very popular one I'm seeing. That would be a fun technicians. one. Um, My personal, I don't know if it'll ever happen. I don't know how it could happen. 
Ricochet versus Bandito. I kind of teed it up earlier, but my two favorite indie wrestlers of all time are those two. So we we already said that like Ricochet versus uh, Dante Martin would be like a flying death match. You know, you guys like, can't tell Ricochet is my favorite wrestler. Other than my two favorite wrestlers before uh, really discovering AEW was Ricochet and Seth Rollins, and it's just kind I of. I remember. I remember when Ricochet and Will Ospreay before had AEW their existed, thing, I should say. And you were like over the moon about it because Ricochet was still your favorite. You were following him on the indies for forever. Ricochet? Yeah. That, that was my first favorite indie wrestler. And then <laughs> in that, we kind of discovered the Bullet Club. Or I did the Bullet Club, just the Young Bucks, Kenny, all that. Mm-hmm. But Ricochet started my love for all of that. And then Seth was the first wrestler when I really started watching wrestling uh, that I fell in love with. All right, moving on. All right, yeah, we spent a lot of time yeah. on Ring of Honor. It's, it was an important topic, I think. Oh, absolutely! It's huge wrestling. It's earth shattering. I would love to know what other people are thinking about it, and that kind of brings goes back to the twitters and the comments and everything else. Just if if you are interested in telling us what you think, we'd love to hear that. All right, Garrett, we're gonna move on to Dynamite here. Um, TNT, as we always say with Dynamite. It loves to open with a big match, and tonight was none other than the debut on Dynamite for CM Punk facing Bobby Fish. This match kind of came out of a booking from last week. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say I was completely enamored with this match. I thought it was just very. So- I thought it was solid. I wasn't, you know, head over heels, but I, I you know, I love starting off the Wednesday night watching CM Punk, mm-hmm. and you know, I like what they're doing with Fish. I, I don't think they're they're not so, treating Fish like a main event guy, but they're treating him like he's important, and that's how Bobby Fish should be treated. Um, I've been listening to a lot of wrestling podcasts again recently, and uh, one thing Cornette has said about punk wrestling on TV every week is that it kind of does slowly take away from it bit by bit the more you have him do it. And I'm kind of starting to see that a little bit, you know? Um, I could I could see that a little bit. And it's maybe they need to have him, and I, as you can see, they didn't, I mean, they weren't going to, have him the, go back to back shows and wrestle. I, mean, I think they may have him do that at some point. Like he'll wrestle twice in one week or something. But um, the only thing I would say different about that is I think that's just kind of AEW's philosophy is a, a way different in the sense yeah. of, you know, they take that pro wrestling philosophy of having their best wrestlers every week, except for yeah, seeing Kenny Omega. But I yeah, say I that, but well, he was Kenny's the only one that mind. gets protected. I, don't know I should why, say Kenny but... in singles matches. You don't really see that. No, too Kenny, often. Kenny doesn't really get as much as of his own offense, and though in 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 tag matches, though. So I agree. It's like uh, it's, and that's just because there's like seven other guys. So like, um, yeah, they're letting but, Punk wrestle um, a lot. I mean, obviously, we've been maybe that's what you have to start doing with Punk. Maybe you start throwing him in tag matches. You know, it's going to be really dumb if we have to have him in a tag match every two weeks, but. It might save us from losing, getting a little bit of CM Punk fatigue. I think. You know? I think, or maybe have him cut more promos. You know, yeah, him in a I'm cool with promos. You know what the biggest problem is, Charlie? He's not in a storyline. Yeah, they need to. They need to hurry that up. To, if they're going to do Wardlow or whoever the fuck they're going to do, they got to hurry that up. So, eh, we got like a couple weeks till the pay per view, so we could start that next week and still it's fine. But it's like, yeah, I agree. He shouldn't. He shouldn't touch the ring again until full gear. Agreed. Yeah, that's maybe not. Maybe I mean you can maybe have a match, but don't have it be anybody that's like. If you're gonna have well, them at this point, can we? Full Gear Saturday the thirteenth. We got two more dynamites before then, and two more rampages. 
You think we uh, need a squash? Uh, uh, I mean, are they? I, no, actually, I don't actually, fair enough. Them. I mean, if you're going to have him, it would have to be a squash. And what would be the point? So, yeah. Maybe have him wrestle a dark match. Um, <laughs> hey, they, they want dark to be like that. So, maybe if he wants to wrestle, then have him squish guy in dark. I'm sure he'd be down for that. You know what I mean? The main thing we're going to take away from this is Punk hits his GTS and pins Fish for the win. Fish kicked there was out a spot where he hit late. the GTS and couldn't pin him right after. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, really um, clean. Again, I, I do like how they they're not letting Punk. Oh, just actually, I like what people. they did with the wrestling psycho dude. Fish is great at attacking a limb. Yes, like we saw the same thing in the uh, Sidell match, or not the Sidell match. Which match was it where they did that? Anyway, there was a previous <laughs> Punk match where it was the same idea. Was they were trying to, to take out his leg. Um, it might have been. Anyway, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Everyone knows and will know what match I'm talking about. Um, and I, th- I did not know how good fish was at working a limb. It was, he was really good. It, I was Technician convinced. I was Bobby like, fish. We just don't get to see, we didn't see him work like that for so long. No, not since like he left the Indies really. So after that, we got Malachi black cutting a promo about the nightmare family and how they lost faith in Cody Rhodes. He said it wasn't about pinfalls and the house always wins and walks away. I, you know me, I love the promos from Malachi black. Yeah. Every week, we get MGF versus an enhancement talent. He hits the pendulum pile driver right away. Was this enhancement talent? Anybody like? Is it Bryce anybody Donovan was, doesn't bring it to bells me. Maybe it was just like, is it? Do they ever do the thing that NXT used to do, where they will bring out somebody under a different name and gimmick, even though they're training? I do not believe so. They should do that. I don't know why you wouldn't, because it gives people. Well, time usually, on they TV. just do independent wrestlers and let them use their name. Oh, that's fair. Actually, there's people looking for work, yeah. so well, might as well. You know what I mean? He WWE cuts, does the same thing. They're in town. Women says accents are disgusting. <laughs> and then the best thing that happens is Darby's finally gets to punch this motherfucker in the face. I'm sorry. Didn't he look a little weird? Oh, of course. But I, it was nice to see Darby back again. This is setting up a full gear match. Darby should not wear a trench coat, bro. I think the next two weeks we're going to see a lot of setting up. Which, a lot of Darby and a trench coat? Hey, no. it's possible. Um, I think this was a perfectly fine MJF segment again. MJF is easy to watch, easy TV. How about you? Um, yeah, no, I agree. MJF, give me more. Yeah, just check um, those boxes. Yeah. We get a Britt Baker interview. She'll face Abaddon. We'll talk about oh, that later. Oh, do you later. think he's being serious when he says he's going to challenge uh, after, uh, presumably after the page match, not after this current match? But you think you think he will? Who's Talent that for the world title? MJF. He should. It should be MJF versus Hangman. We we're, were talking about that a couple weeks ago. That'd be great. It, I would it, love even that. if Hangman doesn't keep that title for very long, that'd yeah, be a great I, I think, way to do it. Yeah, when we do our full gear predictions in a couple weeks, I really feel passionate about Hangman has to win this time. It's uh, it's it's time true. to change it, and we'll see true, how this bill goes. Uh, then we get our TNT title match, which we talked about. Yep. Good stuff. Moving on. Tony Schiavone is standing backstage and interviewing Eddie Kingston and Brian Danielson. Kingston's talking about he's a hard worker. Danielson says that's not the Eddie Kingston he wanted to see. <laughs> um, Eddie Kingston and John yeah. Moxley are the toughest wrestlers he's been in the ring with. And mm-hmm. Friday he will beat Kingston. Yeah, I, it, was a good, it was a good backstage segment. Um, when, we, when we get – I mean – We'll get to. It's just very, you um, know, 
I don't know Eddie Kingston. I don't I don't know what they're doing with him right now. We'll we'll talk about it more for that match. But. Yeah, I, there's another segment later on where it, or well, not later on on the other show, I suppose I should say, where I'll bring this back up. But yeah. um, uh, Eddie Kingston's promos are a little weird. <laughs> Lucha Bros challenge FTR to a tag team championship match at full gear. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you very yes. much. Please bless up. TBS Women's Championship first round tournament match. Hikaru Shida versus Serena Deeb. This was a freaking great match. Serena Deeb kicks ass. Um, Hikaru Shida went on to win this. She got her 50th win. The instant after she wins it. Why didn't anybody... Hold on. Before we continue. Why didn't anybody just fucking make a new stupid plaque? Hey man, can't do it. <laughs> and I love the minute it's made of diamonds. Don't you understand? <laughs> right? Shoot 10k. You know, <laughs> um, Hikaru Shida goes on a win, and the minute she does, Serena Deeb goes batshit. Uh, to me, yes, um, I will say great match. It was a very fun match. Serena Deeb, I'm really liking, and I, I wonder where this goes for the tournament. I don't know. I don't know, but I like that they've basically fully, fully pulled Serena to the heel side. At the, yeah, yeah Serena to the she, side she instantly she becomes heel, but she wasn't, and everyone was digging her style because how good she was in the ring, you know? But yeah. then, like, I like that they realized when someone looks heel, sometimes you just make them a heel, you know? Yeah, and it, it works. Um, I'm really That's not a real wrestling thing. I'm just, I've seen them do it in wrestling in the past. There were people that were like, this guy's clearly a heel. And then, or this chick is clearly a heel. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. You know? And let it be known. So the first two matches of this women's TBS tournament, we have Penelope Ford get beat last week. And now a Serena Deeb get beat this week. Uh, the combined time of those two matches was more than a WWE's uh, Queen's Crown tournament. So that's pretty Wait, sad. Than, than any of the matches in that tournament? Fully combined. The entire tournament the whole time. tournament was less than the these two, two matches. matches. It was barely 20 minutes, and both these matches were uh, just a tad Wait, over did they just had the tournament in one sitting? It, literally. No, no. That, that was – they had just multiple, like, two-minute matches. It was horrible. What? So I, w- I just real quick want to give a – just a, I don't know, a little, little pat on the back to AEW for that. Wow, that's brutal. So Karo Shida right. wins it. She will face Nyla Rose in the quarterfinals in a couple weeks. Also, doing one match a show, beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, build, draw it out a little bit. Draw it out a little bit. And Chris Statlander will face Ruby Soho, who won last week. That's going to be so... F- yeah. Dude. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, so, I, I'm so into Chris Statlander right now. It's so it's super good. I love the direction of this. We, we jumped to Leo backstage with Dante Martin and Tony Schiavone. Leo mentions Mike is hurt, Matt, Mike said L, and because of that, the debut will wait. Rush then says he will wait to see Dante versus Matt on Rampage, which we talked about. Garrett, we have a full oh God, gear. Roosh signs, and then we have Rush and Roosh. It's kind of going to get complicated. Um, yes. We then have a full gear world title eliminator tournament. You know me. I'm a big fan of tournament matches, so getting all these tournament matches kind of makes me happy. Yeah. Our boy 10, man. He's finally getting some good TV singles time. Garrett, well, John Moxley just jobs him out again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bites his head off, throws him into the ring. Bloodied mask. It was actually a, a pretty awesome image for him to walk off with a bloodied mask man and bloodied ripped apart mask man in the ring. It though, was. So. 
That's a good image for Moxley. Because, so, but I mean, this new John Moxley character that's kind of turned up, right? Yeah. It's, it's not a new character. It's his character. It's, 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 oh, it's old school Mox. He's it's, just going fully it's into evolving. it. You know? Yeah. It's like this deathmatch character that we're seeing in GCW being kind of carried over. And this is because this is what Mox used to do, but I think he just didn't want to lean fully back into it. Yeah. And so now I think this character is. And I, while it is a change of pace from these other matches, I don't think I need to see him beating Yuta in 10 seconds and then doing this to Preston. 10 has been booked so well. Since we've started this podcast, and even before, and that's that's his thank you. Uh, I mean, if he's as over with the crowd as you say, I don't think ten really is going to lose anything, especially because the Dark Order never seems to lose any steam somehow. Like, yeah, I, I just I don't know, man. I just is he going to do this to Orange Cassidy? I hope not. Is oh, John Moxley going to beat jobs out Orange Cassidy? I am going to come on this podcast heated. I mean, is that what we're to believe is going to happen? I, I, if there he has beats to be a Cassidy match. in 30 seconds. It has to be. You know what? I could almost see them pulling the reverse double cross gimmick of um, Mox and of, of the, it actually being a good match because Mox tries to end it quickly, but then Orange Cassidy is like, oh, well, I actually have to try here. You know? I mean, in <laughs> a way, the booking is working. I am more interested to see now if they actually do that. I mean, Mox is going to win. That's fairly. He's going to win, yeah. Clearly, that's his side of the bracket, yeah. But, man, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm torn on this. Well, because... that might be the swerve they pull on you. Like, they might put Cassidy in the finals just so that you're like, oh, wow, I thought there was no way Cassidy could beat a guy. Cassidy versus just... Danielson? No, I think, I think Moxley versus Danielson's got the full gear. That's, that's an easy, easy booking dub right there. That's easy. Honestly, any of the matches with who's left in the tournament is a very easy booking dub. <laughs> oh, totally. You're not wrong. <laughs> right. the whole match is just basically not three matches but phenomenal matches you know what I mean like except for like the Archer one but Archer Kingston was still going to be good if it could have gone some time you know like yeah FTR accepts the challenge um, so Cody Rhodes cuts a promo he uh, just pretty much talking about how turn. his life is great and he doesn't really Hold on, I said that wrong. <laughs> He's talking about the great things in his life. <laughs> and, you know, his father, his wife, and just how he he's proud of... I actually really like this promo. I just don't care because I, I, I know what the crowd wants, you know? Yeah. And he tells Arn, Arn it's a damn honor to stand in the ring with him, and he apologizes. You know, little things like that. It was pretty good. What I loved, Andrade interrupting. He made some stupid choices. One was that stupid tattoo, getting in his business, <laughs> calls him a little Cow bitch. Tattoo. Lights go yeah. out. Black sprays the black mist into the eyes of Cody Rhodes. Andrade and Malachi begin attacking Cody and Arn. Pac makes the save, and he gets Malachi and Andrade to retreat. Garrett seemingly sets up a tag match at full gear. What an absolutely ridiculous tag match. Cody um, Rhodes and Pac versus Andrade El Idolo and Malachi Black. That This could challenge... Page and Omega was it was it Page and Omega were the tag team yeah um versus the Young Bucks uh, Luchas or was it yes Young Bucks either or match actually both matches were great um <laughs> but um I think it's a fun match gets every gets them it's the gonna card. rival that original tag match that is still considered like the best tag match and really was the best match in AEW I think like um yeah I believe it got six stars so 
<laughs> it's, it's fucking nuts. It's, it's ridiculous. Absolutely insane match. But um, the Young Bucks tried. But anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I I don't know. It's, it's just, what? again, it's a fun segment setting up full gear. They're really getting into the booking of full gear now. Yeah, and that's that's why there's not really as much to say. Like it's yeah. it's gonna be a fun match. It's never it's it's I think neither storyline will advance out of it. Probably, um, they'll just kind of but someone will win, and then those people will move on to something. Presumably, yeah. I don't even know. It's kind of a they don't really have. This feels like a they don't know what to do with any of these four people because their storylines aren't big enough for the pay per view necessarily. You know, but. Um, Just a but they can show. still pull them together, and they want them on the show, so they can sell them on the show. You know, so definitely, um, it does kind of feel like though they are just sticking for their biggest stars. In a, in they event, announced so that they Cody Rhodes will face Andrade Alidolo at next week's Dynamite. My God, um, should be fun. Our main event is the Dark Order versus the Elite. We had costumes out. This was a you know we kind of knew what this was going to be. Costumes. We had Ghostbusters. The Dark. You know, all of it. <sighs> The whole, you know, the match was perfectly fine. They're doing, they're gimmicking. They're doing all the John fun John Silver stuff. was hilarious as Bambi. Yep, John Silver is hilarious. That guy is funny. Um, they're doing all their fun stuff, you know, getting the ref involved, this, that, the kiss, you know, the backpacks that you weren't big fans of. Um, I don't care about the proton packs. I care that they were a foreign object. Like, <laughs> can we just stop? Can we stop adding new foreign so objects, all of please? this was setting up um a horse came out they they all uh, the four members of the elite kenny um cole and the young bucks did their bte trigger on it eventually they unmask it and it's cutler the stooge his mouth is taped the marshmallow man is standing directly behind matt jackson rips his head off boom 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 it's adam hangman page and it was you know that was the whole gimmick of it he hit some funny stuff in the marshmallow suit funny enough they kind of have a mini storyline of hangman versus matt jackson that they've really teased up for a couple years now that i can definitely see them uh playing off one day but what, what did you think of this this was just a fun main event i mean that's really what it is you're not you're flipping this on, not expecting serious professional wrestling. This was a change of pace, fun main event. Eh, main events should be serious. I'm still maintaining that position. Hey, fair enough. That's that's just not what this was at all. I liked the match. If there hadn't been uh, the costumes, could have been fine if they just hadn't done so much nonsense and like ignored wrestling rules and it just didn't feel like a wrestling match sometimes in the match. And it's like. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Whatever. Obviously, Tony Khan loves this kind of shit, you know. So. Oh yeah, they've they've done this before with Space Jam and all that other stuff. Look, man, if they want to do it, fine. I just don't. I, it's not going to be for me. Like, I'm more into. I just like good wrestling. I don't really care yeah. about. And this is going to sound ridiculous to some wrestling fans. I don't even really care about the storylines half the time. If the wrestling is really good, you know, like. If its storyline is crap, though, I'm not going to be into it. Though, but like, if it's, as long as it's because it, most wrestling storylines, and again, this is going to it's going to offend some people, are kind of they wouldn't pass in TV. You know what I mean? Um, That's or fair. anything else because the kind of storytelling you have to do in wrestling is very different. You know, um, 
it's not as flexible when you don't have another take to go back and redo that because it didn't quite sound right, you know, um, which we're going to get to when we talk about Rampage. And it's why I don't blame the person I'm going to talk about because whatever, it sounds like it's going to sound like it's wrestling. What are you going to do? Recut the promo? It's live. You know what I mean? Like, okay, maybe not on Rampage, but still. <laughs> yeah. But whatever, you know what I'm saying? As long as it's not a tape show, you have the chance to, you don't have the chance to go back and redo it. Oh, you know what? I forgot one thing when we were talking about ROH talent. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. Um, Brody King is a tag partner of Malachi Blacks in PWG. They're just good friends Mm -hmm. in general. I could see him being the first member of the House of Black. That's what I'll say on that. Uh, I can almost see him being the second. I feel like he's going to take somebody from the AEW first. I feel like he has to. He might, but this that, could, that could be the debut of his first guy. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's where they go. I just almost want the first person to be. Uh, maybe he has to have somebody, but I don't need. I don't think he needs to have somebody that's just a stooge essentially to stand behind. No, him no, and be no. Like, that's this why is I think disciple. that they're gonna they're gonna hold it for a while. Oh, MLW yeah, really fired doing. a couple people. That's very interesting. All right. Um, Jordan Oliver was released. I could definitely see him being a AW uh, like dark guy, hundred percent. So, all right, um, let's hop into Rampage. Um, Dynamite, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Um, hmm. I would thumbs up for most of the show. Main event, I was thumbs down on. So, I guess overall, thumbs up. Yeah, that. I mean, going from. Punk to Ethan Page to Serena Deeb. Yeah. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. Good show. Good I did show. not like yeah. I'm with you. I, I did not I did not care for what they did with Moxley. And the main event I had I had a little fun with. The, the last like two minutes I enjoyed a lot. Um all right. Rampage. We get uh AW Eliminator Championship Tournament. Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston. Again, Rampage is starting off with a Dude, Kingston fan favorites tried to kill Daniel or Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson. Um, yeah, I thought this was a pretty s- solid match. Decent, solid. I, I mean, mean, Lance Archer took the trying to die in a match a little too far, but like this match was pretty brutal. Like, yeah, um, like I, dude, the chops. Yeah, his, he was his chest was red. I, I think personally, Brian, that Brian Danielson just has some sort of weird specific genetic deformity that allows him to do that super really easily. Honestly, because it happens so frequently in his matches. Um, so at least, hope but but like otherwise, he's literally just getting lit up every time, which can't be good for you. But um, <laughs> but like, man, people are trying to cave this man's chest in, I, like. Yeah, I'm convinced. I don't know. I'm convinced that Brian Danielson wants his head or his fucking chest caved in. I'm with you. Um, overall, yeah. he wants the shoot version of Finn's finisher. Like it's kind of a cool finish, though. I will say. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was almost like a little throwback to uh, Eddie's trying to crawl to pin him. Danielson traps him with a head and arm triangle hold, and then Danielson throws multiple elbows to the head, and Eddie is out. Yeah, it's almost like it's kind of half knockout, half submission, and I like that because it's not really definitive, but it's still like a win. It's like a TKO almost, but like um, submission TKO. And what I said, I was gonna say, it's almost like a throwback to, um, like the finish to like uh, Hart versus um, Austin or uh, the mid part of the match between Taker and Brock, where Brock did the same spot. You know what I mean with the flipping off in the hold or whatever. Yeah. Um, so like I, just good throwbacks. I great wrestling. I actually Eddie Kingston. You know, 
I'm going to agree with Daniel Bryan's promo a little bit. Sometimes it does feel like when he can do this every time, why he doesn't, I don't know. You know, this was one of the matches um, I liked from him. I, I recently. Yeah. Yeah. Much better than the Lance um, Archer match. But that oh, was, yeah. well, well, we don't know what that one was going to be, honestly. Yeah. Cause it, it didn't make it very far. <laughs> um, but so this kind of bleeds I, into the se- uh, next segment that we'll talk about real quick, but Brian does win. Yeah. Um, it just immediately jumps to a backstage segment. And Tony's standing back there interviewing CM Punk. Um, Eddie Kingston then interrupts Punk. He gets in the yeah, face so, of him. Yeah. So this segment. So we'll just give you a little demonstration about how this, how how clear this segment was to uh, to understand. I'm just gonna talk for a few seconds, and Charlie, just try and interrupt, and also throw in some uh, bleeping out in there as well, just to give people an <laughs> idea what this like. All right, so you know, uh, honestly, uh, I'm just having a good time. I'm, I'm looking who I'm going to wrestle next. Um, you know, I'm not really sure. Okay, hey, punk. Whatever. Oh, okay. What? 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 What do you want? What's your problem? You like, son of a bitch. Let me tell you what the fuck I gotta say. <laughs> I'm tired of fucking losing. I'm fucking tired. Let me of tell you something, CM Punk. <laughs> I'm gonna take care of you. No, I'm just kidding. Um. <laughs> Listen, and then, okay, so what, what is the whole point of me, me, me being, okay, so that, that, that wasn't quite as, that didn't work quite the way I was hoping it would, but um, basically, needless to say, like, the segment was a little hard to understand. There was a lot of bleeping out of the words and stuff like that, because they were trying to, like, and I, and whatever, right, like, that was fine. That, that served its purpose. I'm sure that was fine. I will say, though, every time Eddie Kingston cuts promo, it sounds like he's about to cry. Like but, you know, what's um, weird is he doesn't sound like that on commentary. So I don't know what the fuck that's no. about. I think it's something. I think because of how he wrestles, like that same style that Moxley does, where he just doesn't give a, a shit about his body. You know, um, that maybe he's trying to like sell everything because he's constantly in pain or something. Yeah, I don't know, uh, but it does kind of sound like that. Maybe that's just the voice he oh, man. came up with for his promos. Yeah. But, and I just don't know that. And it's just been common for years. And I just, this makes me uh, wonder. We were talking about what's CM Punk doing a full year. Is it going to be Eddie Kingston? I really don't I mean, want to see that. That'd be a better match than, I mean, not to knock Wardlow, but I, I just don't know the kind of match that him and Wardlow would work necessarily, you know? Um, yeah. I, I just, I don't think I want to, I don't want to see that really. I, I don't really, Eddie Kingston and, Punk just on paper doesn't really sound that beautiful to me. I mean, I'm sure they'll get some good promos out of each other, but yeah, that's the thing, right? Like it on paper, it sounds okay. It doesn't sound like it would be that great, especially if Kingston's not really that into it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is like a. I kind of hope this is a match that we were talking about. I hope this is a rampage or a dynamite. <laughs> yeah, honestly, give him a put this. If this is gonna be, maybe this is that match I was talking about. Maybe if you're gonna have him wrestle one more time before the pay per view, it's that. I will say um, something I wanted to add. Um, Maybe word or something. Constantly tries to make things into a shoot. It feels like that's part of his. That's what character. this segment was. Like, that's why they tried not a shoot, but they tried to make it seem like he was walking back there and it wasn't supposed to happen. Like Punk asked if they ran out of time. And, and I will stuff say like. something that kind of helped that this time was Ruby being the one to kind of step up to him. Like, hey man, it's all right. It was like it was like she legit was the first person back there. She was right yeah. there, and she was just someone that we know. It's not like some eight producers and eight refs. No, it's Ruby Soho. It's someone we know. It's someone we know is friends with Eddie. And yeah. and also somebody who you could buy would come to the defense of punk. You know what I mean? Like, Hey man, you're a son of a bitch. Sorry. 
Let me All tell right. you something, man. My, I'm going to win the championship. <laughs> That's pretty good. He had some great promos with Miro, but all right, moving on. We had Dante and Matt. It's a great promo. It's just, it sounds a little off, you know, whatever. Oh yeah. There's definitely those post-match promos. It gets a little weird. Dante (laughs) and Matt, we talked about a lot. Good stuff. Our main event, a trick-or-treat match. So back-to-back gimmick main events this week. Abaddon versus Dr. Britt Baker. By the way, I will say this. Abaddon's makeup, the hair, the eyes, it's fucking incredible how great they look. Eh? I... That being said, I don't, I don't know. It's okay. I think the I, match was very mid. I think the whole point of the match was the table spot that didn't work and the tax spot that really didn't, it didn't feel, I don't know. The match was so just mid to that point. It didn't really, uh, I never want to take that. that I would never want to do that didn't spot hit. where I put thumbtacks in my mouth and get kicked. Absolutely. That not. was brutal. Um, it, it's kind of funny. She's a dentist, I guess it, it so it, you know, that's that, but um, definitely my least favorite Rip Baker match of recent. Um, I just don't think the two work together. This also kind of fears me for what their plans are for Abaddon. Cause now they've been like, Oh God, she does not work with Brit. Abaddon needs to have more of a, a sinister character in the sense of, uh, more cinematic stuff. We haven't seen her on TV at all. And this is kind of how we're doing it. it's just, I don't know. I think she, she looked great, but I what what do you think of this thing? Very mid to me. Um, as if it wasn't. Yeah. Um. It was kind of a weak main event. Like, I, I didn't even realize this was the main event until I saw the opening of the show, and I was like, "Oh, that's what the main event is." Hmm. Yep. Okay. Um, well, it's Britt Baker. They, they've been. They, can I just say that I don't like the idea of them giving people matches against the champion to get matches against the champion? Yeah, it kind of destroys the whole point of the uh, records that they built. Literally, like if if that's because that's how WWE does it. If you pin the champion, you're almost guaranteed a title shot. But like, not that you can't do that. It's just wrestling. Wrestling does that. But like, it shouldn't make you the number one contender. It really shouldn't. It should make you go up in the contenders maybe a little bit more than regular, but it shouldn't instantly make you eligible for a title shot. It's kind of what we talk about when they you can book because if you do that, then you literally can never have your champions wrestle on TV. Yeah. Because if you do, they can't lose. So there'd be no reason for them to wrestle anybody of any significance. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you, you paint yourself into a pretty strict corner if you do that. So definitely. You gotta, you gotta honestly avoid that. If, if you're gonna keep the records, which you have to, because you've done it for the first two years, you know, you can't imagine if tomorrow Tony Khan came out and said, "Oh, you know, all those records and stuff—they still exist, and we'll keep track of them, but they don't actually count for anything." Then people would be furious because it's been such a part of it, you know, like yeah. So now it's part of AEW's identity. So they kind of have to, unfortunately not there's gonna be things that they can and can't do now because of that and i i don't know how tony khan doesn't see that that's the decision he's already made you know um when he decided to have rankings but for some reason nobody in the back is saying that you know um it, it can yeah, I, don't, you I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that's something we talk about and, and it, it almost kind of telegraphs that's going to be a loss for whoever gets that match you know because they're not gonna because if they do that they establish that precedent then they have to keep that precedent you know definitely um, all in all, I think uh, because of how much I like the first two, I'm going to give Rampage a thumbs up, but really did not care for that main event. I, I think they tried to recreate 
in essence, the uh, when Brit faced R- R- Rosa, what's her name? Thunder Rosa. Jesus, I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, when she faced Thunder Rosa and there was all bloody, and I think they tried to recreate that, and it just kind of didn't work for me. Maybe it worked for you guys. I don't know. Yeah, um, possibly. Yeah, so we got a couple of things announced for next week. Uh, what, what would you give? Thumbs up, thumbs down? You in the middle? I, I think it would be a thumbs in the middle for me because like I just I like the opening stuff, but like it's sort of like with the backstage thing with Eddie Kingston and then like the main event. I was like, yeah, I wasn't down in the show, but I wasn't super impressed either. Agreed. Um, I, I would say yeah, the main event made it feel met, but I, I did just uh, for Dante, I got to give it the thumbs up because he kind of carried. Oh, absolutely. The matches besides the main event were fine. It was just, yeah, it, there was something, the main event needed to be different. And, and I think the show would have been fine, honestly, like, but, yeah. um, um, so for next week, we got on dynamite, Cody Rhodes versus Andrade El Idolo, which will be fun. We got, yeah. a, we got another world title contender, which will set up our final against Brian Danison. And that's John Moxley versus Orange Cassidy. Whew. And then we got really a TBS women's tournament match of Anna Jay versus Jamie Hayter. I'm actually kind of excited for that. I I can see that going both ways. It, it would be kind of funny if uh, Anna Jay lost the title match and then immediately won the TBS title. Yeah. <laughs> it would be kind of funny. I'd be like, oh, okay. Good to see it, though. Um, yeah, no, no. I, everybody in the tournament could win it. And then we got much. two matches for Rampage so far, so we just don't know the third. And we got Adam Cole versus John Silver. I like that matchup. And then... We got a TBS championship tournament of the Bunny. Who? Versus Red Velvet. And again, I, I'm i actually curious to see how Red Velvet does. Uh, we, I, I, Garrett, honest question. Honest question. Right here. Honest answer. Have you seen Jamie Hayter wrestle? Because I don't think I ever have. No. Jamie Hayter so. is like never on TV. <laughs> I just know her as a stooge for Britt Baker. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, uh, how did Jamie Hayter get the buy? I have no idea. I don't think she's, she's a rev pro chick. So she returned. People, from, people are rev pro stands. Man. So I will say she returned from injury. I believe God was it double or nothing. Maybe is when she returned from injury. Maybe, maybe the thing before that either way. Jamie Hader returned from injury and rejoined Britt. But that being said, I don't think I've seen her wrestle in AEW yet. I don't know if she's wrestled since she's been back. We could fact check that. So she returned August 13th, and I don't think she's wrestled since she's been back. Maybe one time. Maybe on a dark that I missed. She, she did some... She did some brawling when she came back but that was it um yeah so i'm i'm actually at least on excited wiki. to see her the only match wrestling. i'm even seeing on her wiki is like a, a november 6th episode of rampage from like 2019 and like a triple threat okay. or triple threat sorry and like she, a, was in, she was in that battle pack. royale yeah yeah it makes sense too it makes sense um but you know she has so we we haven't seen a lot from her so it'll be you know what? it'll be essentially like a debut in ring hold on really. i she did wrestle, wrestle ruby once didn't she okay that's all right did she? I will oh, say, I can't really remember too much of her, so I'm excited to see her get a spotlight in this tournament. Is that on Dark, maybe, or something? Yeah, must have been. I can't remember that being on TV. But um, uh, to see her wrestle Anna Jay, I'm into it. I'm down. Yeah, absolutely. It should be a fun match. I'm glad they picked Jamie and not Reba, a rebel. So, yeah. Um, 
I think all in all, Garrett, I think that's about it for us, huh? Yeah, I think that's pretty much all we had, um, unless there's anything you wanted to add. But, uh, you know, um, just to uh, let everybody know, I did watch the Impact uh, pay-per-view. I actually didn't watch the very end main event. I still have to finish that. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to review that just yet. I might do like 30 minutes on the Suzuki stuff after it's all taken, you know, all, all said and done. Um, just because like, I don't, I thought I would be more impressed with the impact, man. I'm going to be honest with you. And it sounds um, like impacts cutting their deal with uh, AEW soon. So, so you'll probably we haven't seen uh, the good brothers on TV recently at all. So it could be that, you know, we get to see more. I, I would presume that, that that deal would be to get either a more of their talent on impact, which is unlikely, I think, because of how hot AEW has been. But I also think they'll probably try and get more impact talent on AEW. Um, because right, love that. it just exposes them more. And honestly, I think there's some people at impact that recognize that there's going to be more exposure on dynamite, you know, like, um, as, as weird as it is to say, you're probably going to get more out of being on dynamite than you will on weekly impact, you know, oh, definitely. Um, yep. I'd agree. So, but, um, other than that, uh, make sure you guys, uh, like I said, if you haven't already, make sure you go ahead and follow or subscribe to the podcast and those feeds and stuff like that. So you get this podcast every week and we will see you all next time. Take care, fellas.